We have been, uh, throughout the summer, we talk, I do these messages that uh, in the last two years I have done at some other point in time, and people vote in May, and and this was one of the, the the whole thing on prayer is one of the things that people clearly by the uh, by the votes that we received back in May wanted to hear you know either again or a little more of and if you know me at all you know I don't really ever do the same thing twice not even on Sunday or three times starting in mid uh, mid September but um going to three services in mid September more about that but um so I changed some things I changed some things on this because I, I, prayer I'm I'm constantly thinking about it I would like to tell you that I pray all the time I don't I need to pray more. I pray a lot. I mean, and, and again, as Steve was talking about this earlier, it depends on what's going on this week. I prayed a lot. Um, some for myself because I needed forgiveness for some of the horrible things that I had been thinking, uh, and some because, which you'll understand in just a minute. And um, and also when we were in this meeting Monday night that Steve uh, uh, that uh, Clay told you about. Clay, by the way, for those of you who don't know, is our new executive pastor. Um, but for the, we were in this meeting with the Board of Adjustments. I'm sitting there praying and thinking because the first time we, we get hit, I, I won't get into great detail, but the first thing we get hit with as soon as we get there is that, is that there aren't sprinklers on this floor, which nobody ever required. Um, because I told them at the time, we'll do whatever you ask us to do. Somehow, some, some communication error got mixed up somehow between the Board of Adjustments and the staff. And we, basically, we said, we'll do it. So you might see some, some things uh, happening here in the next uh, few weeks. And when you do, you'll know what that is. It may, it may affect us a little bit cosmetically, temporarily. But I get hit with that, you know, and, and then, you know, and then and we start talking about the second floor and then we start talking about some other things. And, and, and these people are all sincere people who are trying to, trying to do the best that they can. So don't, don't uh, think poorly of them. But, but, you know, I'm sitting there praying, you know, and, uh, and I know, I knew, I knew Clay was, I said, God, help us here. Help us to figure this thing out and help to get the approvals that we need and so forth. And I mean, I was praying hard somewhere about halfway through the meeting. This is a marathon meeting. So about halfway through the meeting, I get a text. I mean, you really can't talk. And, you know, if you've been to these kind of things, you got to get sworn in and all kinds of stuff. And um, I got a text from Clay, who was sitting right beside me. Um, if I were a drinking man, dot, dot, dot. I texted him back, I am and I will. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it was that kind of, uh, it was that kind of an evening. So, and, 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 and I prayed a lot. I did, you know, and, and we're, very, we're very thankful to God and, and uh, to the people as well for being able to come out of that as good as we did with everything. So oftentimes we have that, you know, something's on your mind. Somebody gets sick, you hear about it. Something else is going on. Um, you got something going on in your life. You, 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 you're doing this, you got this, you got a job, you got a deal, you got something going on. You find yourself, oh God, please help, help that, please help that. Let me tell you, that's fine. That's fine. But we also need to think about the other times. So that's, I want to talk about that because as, as we talk about, there are 80 verses in the New Testament, 80 verses that tell us to pray. Um, I'm a product of prayer. Many of you have heard me talk about how my father, I, I learned much later, much later in life, how my father would wake up um, sometimes, uh, not after I left home, go to school. We'd wake up in the middle of the night many times. Not, I say many times, a few times, and uh, say to my mom, "We got to pray for Rich. We got to pray for Rich." I don't know what I was doing at that particular time. It could be a number of things, but thank God they prayed. You know, and those of us who are parents have understood that as well many times, and we continue to. So, prayer 
is a mystery at the same time. And that's the part you see. So how does it work? Now, what happens here? What, does the, is the, the, the Trinity, does the council of God meet together? You know, how does all this thing work? And, and furthermore, and this is the big question, what if, what if I don't have much faith at that particular time? What if I really, I had somebody ask me this not too long ago. They said, you know, I don't really consider myself a, a follower of Christ. I don't consider myself a Christian. Um, I don't know that I even believe God is there. Is it wrong for me to pray? <laughs> I said, well, what are you worried about? <laughs> if he's not there, <laughs> you can pray all you want to. What's, what's the damage? You know, what, what's going to happen? You know, um, one of the things about it is because we pray, and, and, and even, even those of us who are solidly um, committed to our faith, when we pray doesn't mean we're always full of faith. Doesn't mean that there aren't ever some doubts. Many of you probably noticed in the news this week, um, and I, I printed off just from one source, CNN.com, Mother Teresa's letters. Did you see that story? That's an amazing story. I mean, you know, I don't care, whatever you think of the Catholic Church, whatever you think of all the other kind of stuff, I think there's, there's one person most all of us can agree on that was just incredibly godly incredibly lived her faith uh, every day, and that was Mother Teresa who, who, who ministered to the poorest of the poor in the, in the AIDS hospital and so forth in Calcutta, which was just, um, I know some people who have been there, and uh, it's just amazing. But this, this just came out. Mother Teresa, late Roman Catholic nun whose aid for the poor put her on the path to sainthood, at times felt abandoned by God, according to her recently released letters. The letters written by Mother Teresa in the 1950s and 60s uh, to her spiritual guides also reveal the troubling and at times painful conflicts she sometimes had with her faith. I am told God lives in me. This is a quote. I'm told God lives in me, and yet the reality of darkness and coldness and emptiness is so great that nothing touches my soul, she wrote in one of her letters. Uh, this, act, uh, this act and the letter showed Mother Teresa was, quote, both holy and human, according to one archbishop. Some of the letters depict a spiritually bereft Mother Teresa struggling to maintain her belief. Again, a quote from one of her letters, while I try to raise my thoughts to heaven, there is such conflicting emptiness and convicting emptiness that those very thoughts return like sharp knives and they hurt my soul. You ever have doubts about your faith? Mother Teresa did. You ever have doubts about whether your prayers are being heard? Yeah, I have. And that, that's one of the things that, that I think we really have to be honest about. Somebody says, I have doubts. Okay, that's, I understand that. You know, but because this is, this is, a, this is, this is faith. This isn't empirical evidence. This is faith. And so when you have faith, one of the things we have to think about, and I thought uh, when I was gone, Eric Metaxas, some of you know who he is, most of you know who he is. I thought he dealt with this very well, by the way, in talking about that. And it's the evidence of things hoped for and so forth. Uh, from Hebrews, he quoted a passage from the book of Hebrews. Faith is faith, folks. And sometimes there are doubts. And sometimes there are questions. And oftentimes, most times, God doesn't appear to us, never in my case, in some sort of spirit or bodily form to 
calm those fears. I find other ways to seek to calm those fears. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. That's just to talk to God, just be honest with him. That's why I like that song the band did, having a little talk with God. That's what prayer is, having a little talk with God. And sometimes we we really know and, and can sense that God is listening, sometimes not. That doesn't make him any less there, and we need to understand that. All right, that's a long introduction, but uh, let me just, it, that's an important thing for us to understand. Spurgeon, great, great preacher from the England um, back, in the, uh, back in the day, back in the 1800s, he said this, it has been granted, it hasn't, excuse me, it hasn't been granted to us to understand fully the mysterious relationship, the eternal counsels of God, the promises of God, and the cries of his people, nor is it necessary that we understand be nice. I'd like it. But the older I get, the more I realize there are a lot of things I don't understand. I've used this quote before many times, and it's a great quote from St. John, John Chrysostom. A comprehensible God is no God at all. And sometimes I think we want to see if we can comprehend the depth of who God is, which is really kind of crazy. All right, four things real quick. Why pray? What does it accomplish? Real simple. I don't, I don't again, I don't claim to have all the answers on this. This might help a little bit. Four things. Number one, why do I pray? It, it, this, is, this is one that I added since last time. It serves as a reminder that you are not alone. Jesus said this, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. He's talking to his disciples here, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching those new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, have you ever felt alone? I don't know, maybe you're, you know, even if you're married, and even if you're really great friends with your wife or husband, or, or, or maybe someone else in your life, and you still feel alone? We've all felt that at times. One of the things that prayer does is to, is to help us recognize, I'm not alone. God is here with me. And maybe I can't touch him, and maybe I can't feel him, and maybe I can't emotionally sense him, but he's still here. That's one of the great things about prayer. God, you're with me. You've been with me through it all. And that's a pretty amazing thing. It serves as a reminder that you are not alone. Second thing, it helps with stress. It, it helps with stress. I probably would have gone crazy the other night if I, wasn't, I hadn't been praying, you know? Um, Philippians chapter 4, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Now, please notice, it doesn't say here or any place else in the Bible that you tell him what you need or tell him what you want, and he'll always give you everything when you think you want it or need it. Please note that. And please stay away from those kinds of theologies, and I'll use that term in a plural form, who say if you have enough, if you have enough faith, you'll always have good health, and you'll always have plenty of stuff. That's not necessarily true. That's a, that's a uniquely American uh, theology that really didn't start to less than 100 years ago. It's called the prosperity doctrine, and it's like, have faith, just, just trust God, and he'll, and he'll make you healthy, and he'll make you wealthy. He might, but that might not happen also. There aren't any guarantees, and we need to understand that. 
God does tell us, though, not to worry. He tells us that, in fact, one of the things that, that you know, this is weird. You know, this, we don't think about it like this. Somebody says to me some, every now and then, do you have any, any pet sins or favorite sins? And I'm like, <laughs> you think I'm going to tell you? Um, sure. I will tell you, I'm not going to tell you all of them. I will tell you one of them is worry. And you say, oh, that's good, Rich, you're concerned. No, it's not good. The Bible says you're not supposed to worry. Health and, and, and medicine tell us that when we worry and worry too much, there's, there's, there's some negative effects to that. It's because it's how God made us. So, it's, you know, we, we sound like it, maybe it's noble. No, it's not noble. It's probably because somebody wants to control something too much or more than they should or wants control of this or that. And God says, don't, don't worry. doesn't mean you don't work hard. Doesn't mean you don't pray. Doesn't mean you don't go and just and, and bust your tail as much as you can to make something happen. Doesn't mean you don't do those things. You do the absolute everything you can and you go at it as hard as you can. At the same time, you say, God, help this, bless us, and please make this happen. So, so be careful with that. But at the same time, there is, there is a certain release of stress because of that. Oswald Chambers, great, another great old, old guy. He said this, we have not the remotest conception of what is done by our prayers, nor have we the right to try and examine and understand it all. All we know is that Jesus Christ laid all stress on prayer. And when you read the Gospels, the accounts of Jesus, he's always going away to pray. He's always going to the garden. He's always going to the mountain. He's always going to the lake to pray. And he was God. We need it that much more. Stress release, amazing thing. Third thing, serves as a reminder that you're not alone. It, it, it does release some stress when we're sincere and honest about it. Third thing, it's just strengthening for the temptations of life. It's just strengthening for the temptations of life, of which there are so many. Jesus said this, Mark chapter 14, keep alert and pray. Otherwise, temptation will overpower you, for though the spirit is willing enough, the body is weak. In other words, you might have a determined spirit to do what's right, but sometimes your body is weak and you go ahead and, and do the wrong thing anyway. Jesus knew that. Jesus said that. Keep alert and pray. Prayer for the strengthening that you need for the temptations of life. All of us have different temptations. For some, it might be stuff. For some, it might be the opposite sex. For some, it might be pornography. For some, it might be some other sort of thing. Um, doesn't really matter what the temptations are. They can be very strong. And God says, you need strength. And I would say, absolutely. As life, as life changes, you need, you need strength. There are all the different things that come into your life. Luther said this, Martin Luther, prayer is the most important thing in my life. If I should ne- neglect prayer for a single day, I should lose a great deal of the fire of faith. I think I understand that because I've done that. I've neglected it and lost some fire at times. So, so prayer, what does it accomplish? It just to let us know, hey, God is here. You're not alone. It's, it's, it's really to help us in the area of stress. It's really to show us, to give us strength for the temptations of life. Last thing, fourth thing, what, is it, what does it accomplish? It increases our scope. Now, I was trying to think of a good way to say this. I wanted to say it a little differently and maybe in a way that could, everybody could relate to. 
So I came with this really good thing on one of my walks one day. My walks, I come up with lots of good stuff. Um, I usually run as soon as I get done and run to my computer and write them down so I don't forget them. And, of course, then, you know, you go blank. But anyway, not always. Um, how, do I, how do I say that? It increases our scope. How does prayer increase our scope? So here's what I came up with. It increases our bandwidth. It increases our bandwidth. And I'm thinking about this. And I was about my third mile of my walk. It increases our bandwidth. That's a great thing. And then I stopped. I didn't literally stop. I just stopped from my thoughts for a moment. And I thought, I don't know what that bandwidth is. I have no clue what bandwidth is. I hear Dave talking about it. I hear Clay talking about it. I hear Steve talking about it. Oh, you need more bandwidth. I'm like, yeah, bandwidth is a good thing. I don't, know, I, I, for this, I don't know what it does. I don't know what it is. It has something to do with the computer. It's really good, I hear. And it's really good to have a lot of it, I hear. So I figure, well, if that's really good and you want a lot of it, then it's got to do, prayer's got to work too, huh? So, so I don't know. I don't know. So I can't use that illustration, I guess. I, I've got to use a different one. I just, you know, it just, here's, and I want to show you some, a passage in the Bible that really helps. Prayer just increases your scope, your depth. And, and, and this is the prayer that the apostle, one of the prayers that the apostle Paul gave us. This is really good because this is, this is what he, this is good. Watch this. This is, this is so, so good. Ephesians chapter three. This is the apostle Paul. When I think of the wisdom and the scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you, here you go, you ready? Mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots, here we go, Bandwidth, I don't know. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep God's love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I love that. I love that. May may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love really is. You have no idea how much God loves you. And I'm not saying I do. I've been doing this a while. Following Christ, I, I got a better con. I, I got a better, little better scope of it than what I used to. But I hope twenty years from now, I look back and say, I, I still, I still didn't. I'm still going much further in an understanding of how much God loves me. And if I, you know, one of the things that I've committed myself to in, in, as a as a pastor in in, in this in this season of whatever it is uh, of my life or career or whatever you call it is I just want people to have some understanding of how much Jesus loves you, how much God loves you. Because I know if you understand that, it will change how you live. It will change a lot of other things. That's the apostle's prayer. Gosh, that's such a great prayer. 
I used this illustration before when I did this message, and it's such a great illustration. I'm going to use it again. It's a true story from, from the life of um, Einstein. I've got to use Einstein because we have all this Princeton posse here now. I've got a bunch of all these Princeton people, so I've got to throw them a bone every now and then. And um, Clay also is from Princeton. I never let him forget about it. And he says, are you insecure? And I said, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, Someone asked Mrs. Albert Einstein, do you understand Dr. Einstein's mathematical equations? She replied, no, but I understand Dr. Einstein. I love that. I love that story. Do I understand the eternal equations of almighty, all-powerful God? No, but I'm getting to understand him better. And really, that's what he's looking for. That's what God's pursuing. C.S. Lewis said this, what seem our worst prayers, (laughs) what seem our worst prayers may really be in God's eyes our best. These, I mean, which are least supported by devotional feeling, for these may come from a deeper level than feeling. God sometimes seems to speak to us most intimately when he catches us as it were off our guard. I like that. What seems sometimes our worst prayers are really our best prayers. Because it's just like, when you go, you ever go to God and say, oh God, I'm just going to be real blunt here. Because I talk like this to God. God, this sucks, man. I'm not real happy. I, I really believe that God in those moments says, now you're being honest with me, Rich. I mean, it's like, can I hide it from him anyway? No. That's why we need to be authentic before God. The last time we did this, I closed with a prayer from one of the Puritans. And I'm not trying to write all the revisionist history because while the Puritans, there were some bad things, there were also an awful lot of Puritans who were great people of God. And I have a book, and I love reading it, and my daughter gave it to me for Father's Day several years ago. I, still, I think it was 92 or 93, I still have it. And it's prayers of the Puritans. And I don't know if you can get it anymore, but, but I'm just going to read this, and you're going to follow along. I've got to hear it. Just, we're just going to make it our prayer. I'm going to pray it. I'm, I'm going to read it, but I'm going to read it as a lot of people write their prayers. This is the prayer we're going to write and we're going to read. And just have, I'm going to ask you to make it your prayer. Okay? And, um, and, uh, and then, we'll, then we'll close. But just, just, just watch this. Lord, help me, for I am often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars my confidence. Sin makes me forget thee. Let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots. Grant me to know that I truly live only when I live in thee, that all else is trifling. Thy presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. My presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. Let's pray. God, we are humbled by your love for each of us and the depth in which, of which you seek to build into our lives of an understanding of Almighty God. I pray, God, that tomorrow morning or night or this week when 
when one of us or all of us in here hits some of those roadblocks that we often run into, whether it be a deal in our company or whether it be a relationship that's very important to us. I pray, God, that we would step back from that situation just for a moment mentally and say, God, help me. Help me to say and do what is right and help me to honor my God with whatever it is I'm about to do or say. I pray, God, that you would show us we can't, we can't, we can't do one thing effectively in the long haul without an understanding of who you are and how you are working in our lives. We pray that. We thank you that. We thank you that, God, in our most ineptness, you hear us. And we thank you for Jesus who makes us all possible because he came and lived and suffered and died and then rose again to give us not only eternal life but the ability to have a relationship with the God who created us and who loves us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, guys. Great to have you back. You don't know that, well, they don't know you. No, you were here last week, were you? Yeah. Or the week, yeah, you've been gone for two Sundays. So it's great to have you back. I've been gone, so I didn't know, I can't remember when you were here last. Anyway, he's been on vacation. That's why he's so rested and relaxed and, and happy. And uh, good to have all you guys. All right, um, Hey, real quick, let me tell you this before I give the benediction. Two things. One thing is um, we got a rock and roll series for the fall, all right? You okay with that? Starting September the 16th, right there it is, Finding Faith in Rock and Roll 5, okay? Um, glimpses of God and some of the greatest hits of, uh, of all time. Right here, Renaissance Church, where the hits just keep on coming, okay? Um, <laughs> do we want to tease him a little bit with one of the songs? Can I do that? Do you remember the songs? I, 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 I think I could do them all, but, well, I got my Blackberry with them. I got them all on there, but um, which, which one should I give them? Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian, bo- bo- <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody? Do you have a microphone on? Bo- oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was over here. Uh, you pro- did you hear what I said? Is that okay? Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody is one of them, all right? Does anybody know that song? Um, anyway, we got more. We'll tell you about it later. And we're going to have a rock and roll premiere party September the 15th. That's on a Saturday night. Get this. The next, the next morning, we start with three services, all right, at 9 o'clock. And I'm going to ask for commitments. I'm going to ask for to raise your hand how many of you will make it to that 9 o'clock service. And I'm going to take notes and make sure you're here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's stand. I want to, before, as you're, stand up. I want to give a benediction. Where's Heather? Heather's right back there. Heather, who has been our ministry coordinator for, I don't know how many years, is leaving, not leaving the church, but she's leaving a full-time employee. She's leaving us as an, she's not going to be working for us anymore, basically. So say hi to her in your way. This is her last official Sunday, although you will see her around. So we're going to miss her, but we're not going to miss her, if you know what I mean. And, uh, uh, and it's not because she's pregnant that she's leaving. Um, she's going to be spending more time helping her husband and others with young life, which they're very um, effective with. Let me give the benediction and get you out of here. God, may we go in your grace and in your truth, knowing you're right there with us, whatever we do, in Jesus' name, amen.